All right, we're back. Episode three, the Fitter, Stronger, Happier podcast. I'm here with um, repeat offenders, or sorry, repeat guests, uh, Coach Jimmy, who's again warming up. Always got to be proud. And Coach Ben. What's up, guys? And um, also the noon Friday class as guests in the background with Coach Megan. I'm not sure if the mic will hear it or not, but they're here with us in spirit and physically. Better, stronger, and happier as we speak. Yeah. So we wanted to get on this um, and discuss some of our values, things that we find important, some of the guiding lights of how we make decisions um, as a business, as coaches, as trainers, as fitness professionals. And one of the things that comes up first is a tagline that we use. We started using this three or four years ago. Um, I don't remember how I came up with it. This is one of the few good ideas I think I've had. Um, but we started using the term fitter, stronger, happier. And what I liked about that is being able to use that as a little bit of a filter for how we make decisions in our gym, how we make decisions for programming our overall direction. And that being, is this going to make our clients fitter? Is it going to make them stronger? Is it going to make them happier? And if we have things that come up that may or may not fit into those three categories, it's probably going to be enough. Um, so I think it's important to, you know, talk about some of those things, make sure that we're sharing what we value, what we think. Jimmy, do you have anything to add to that specifically before we kind of get on to the next portion of that? No, I think that's like a big thing that we've been trying to do here is make sure that we're putting our values into our product and making sure that we're moving our clients closer to that help versus like just to do the thing because it's the cool thing to do. Sure. Um, but yeah, like putting the client first and being way more client centric to make sure that we're able to be better pillars in not only the community, but actually in our family and things like that. Yeah. Ben, ben agrees. Man of many words. <laughs> so, yeah. so like when we, when we think about that too, we had a, you know, that's kind of like a little bit of a, a guiding light for us, if you will. And then when we were like discussing this, one of our biggest values right now, which in the past we may have said, but I don't think we were actually necessarily living it, um, is putting our, putting fitness and health first as like our biggest value. I'm going to say that so many times today because I don't have any better words. Um, putting that like at the forefront of what we do and actually living that first, just saying it, just thinking it and really being able to own that, feel good about it, not feel like we're lying to people about it or saying, uh, yeah, fitness is important, but maybe this thing we asked you to do isn't going to move you towards there whether that was out of ignorance, being wrong, maybe we've learned something um, in the long term. So I think for us kind of what that looks like is always making sure we're like moving our clients forward. Yeah, yeah definitely. I wanted to add as well, like we've, we've been speaking a bit like on the podcast last few episodes about like uh, what we call like low versus capacity and the hierarchy of needs. And those two concepts are there to like where we say fitter, stronger, especially, that we're actually implementing that. So actually practicing what we're preaching. It's not just like a buzzword, but there is 
an actual like practical application to it. Yeah, and it's it's funny you said that because we spent time like defining this um, four minutes ago in this podcast, three minutes in, and we forgot to actually talk about it. So <laughs> I just go a bit now. Yeah, I'm glad you like circled back to the first thing we were going to talk about. Um, so like kind of how we define that, and this was something that Jimmy brought up as we were talking about it recently. He's like, well, what does this actually mean? Um, I think there's so many varying definitions of fitness, um, and that can be different to everyone. And that could be, you know, running a marathon. It could be looking like a bodybuilder, whatever. So what we sort of written down is the ability to say yes and participate fully and actively in life's experiences. You know, where I think the more fit you are, the more you're able to say yes to doing this. So being able to go, I don't know why I was gonna say rock climbing in South Florida, but I guess that fits. If you're fit, you can say yes to doing that. You might have to drive really far. Well, you would be able to maintain a physical activity in altitude because there's no where to really climb in Florida. So that's what you're getting yeah. at in that sense. Yeah, or we have clients, um, you know, like Amy, she's got better at surfing from working with us, and that was a big thing. So she's able to say yes to surfing more than she may have been a few years ago. So that's a good example of like what that means to us um, when we want to define stronger i think it's pretty easy to say yeah you're better at back squatting or like you can deadlift more is a pretty easy way to really define and put like a number on it what that sort of i think means to us and what being strong comes down to is being able to feel resilient and move freely without pain without limitation um, that's like a good definition, in my opinion, of strength outside of lifting more weights. Uh, I was going to say, I think the whole, the main key word in there is resilience, because we've all been in that point where we all felt like we were not bulletproof anymore, and now we can't do this, we can't do that, and, you know, being stronger, stealing it from Mark Bell, strength is never a weakness. So, like, the idea of being more resilient and able to be that pillar to the community or be a better role model for your kids or the loved ones around you is going to be very enhanced by that resiliency and being able to do the things that you thought maybe you couldn't do because of certain limitations or weaknesses. Yep. I'm sure you have a good example um, from working with Trisha, yeah. one of your clients who had some heavy medical stuff prior and she had shared some experiences that her getting a little bit stronger, she was able to do more things. And I don't remember specifically what you said, so. Yeah, so. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Just ping pong it to me. Uh, no, so yeah, so she was actually like able to go out and start playing tennis again. She played some golf. She'd go for bike rides for hours and um, go for walks for hours. When, before we started training, those were always illicit pain when after, like, at the conclusion of our training because she went back home, she was able to do those things fairly pain-free and maintaining that structural integrity throughout the entire system while she was doing those things and being able to spend more time with her friends and her husband and her kids and things like that, which actually meant the world to her to simply ride a bike with her daughter or go golfing with her husband and stuff like that. So that's kind of that overarching theme right there, just being able to cherish life and share it with the loved ones around you. Yeah, I mean, if we put that even, what, what I thought when you said that is being able to play golf, like most professional athletes are doing some sort of training to get stronger, 
and it's very rarely to be better at their sport is to be able to last longer. I think it's the same for general activities in life. The stronger you are, the more you're able to withstand, you know, the demands of like everyday life, but also the things that you want to do and enjoy. Um, you have a good example, uh, Peter. Peter, yeah. You can just go ahead and share that. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I've been working with Peter now for a little over like 10 weeks, I think it's been. And one of the things we noticed when he started, so Peter's kind of in his like early 80s. Um, he was struggling with a lot of back pain. And what we found was he was actually unable to get off the seat without moving his arms. So he had to like push off using his, using his arms to get off the seat. And um, we spent a lot of time um, working on his balance, working on his ability to carry things. We did a lot of like sled work to build up his uh, posterior chain. And dude, I mean, I was actually over the moon like a couple of weeks ago. I just kind of tested it out. I had him like squat, um, sit down on a bench and just stand up without using his hands. And he could very comfortably do it for like a number of reps. I think he did about eight reps. Didn't feel any pain, no discomfort, no limitation at all. Uh, it was huge, absolutely huge. And I think like in the grand scheme of things, uh, that could be a really like life changing thing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's going to exchange not only his life, but the life of people around him, his wife, um, kids, etc. So, and not all of these examples, these are like two of these examples we've had are clients that are a little bit older. Um, they may have had like a medical issue, issues or history. I like to, you know, for our like everyday people that may not have such a long history, someone like Amy who was no longer feeling pain when surfing. So a lot of her training was like specific to that, getting her to feel healthier, stronger, more resilient to um, catch more waves. So, so we got to our last portion of like defining that. Um, and it really kind of ties all of those two things together. And we may have already sort of defined it, but it's, you know, being a, tying the fitness and the resiliency together. So being able to fully express our fitness and our strength to enjoy a more fulfilling life. It's tying all those things together to really be able to say yes, to do more things, to like last longer doing those things. That's where we think that we can make the biggest benefit for our clients is being able to enjoy their life outside of the gym, being able to enjoy doing the gym more without pain, but really increasing their quality of life. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I think we've always talked about and are doing such a better job now of actually implementing the gym is just simply a tool to enhance what I can do outside of the gym. Yeah. So, like, sure, squatting, deadlifting, pressing, that stuff's all great, but the reason why we put such an emphasis on any of those things is just simply because they have to carry over to you outside of the gym. So, like, that's the big thing for a lot of, like, why I do with my clients what I do is I'm trying to enhance what they want to do outside the gym and enhance the ability for them to do that pain-free and without any limitations. Yeah. And to do that in a way that is sustainable, you know, considering longevity, um, you know, if we consider that like our highest value is actually helping people get fitter and increase their quality of life, I think the next thing that we really want to consider is like not doing harm, right? Um, we shouldn't be running a fitness business where people are getting hurt we should actually be doing the opposite of helping people restore function or more movement, live with a little bit less pain. 
Um, so those are kind of, those things go hand in hand. And I think what we try to think of is moving people forward, increasing their health, making meaningful changes, but also right under that is to not hurt people, to keep people injury free. Because if we're spending time in the gym to get better and we get hurt, they can no longer go surfing like Amy. They can't play golf, ride bike with their kids like Trisha. Pete might not be able to stand up and down as easily. Um, and I would imagine everyone in the recording booth right now, aka the office, um, has experienced that. I know I've experienced it plenty of times where I've overtrained, maybe gone too heavy, and I'm like, oh, now my knee hurts to walk and exist. And what I want to do is like feel good. Um, I've had that experience come up a couple of times where it's kept me from doing other things, even if it's something as I like want to air quote and say common is low back pain or tweaking your back, which shouldn't really happen. We should really be working, doing our best to avoid that in the gym. And then, you know, you're like bed bound now. You're not getting up, you're sitting on the couch, you're missing out on the beautiful weather we have outside since it's May, not yet July. It's degrees in the morning. I know. I get it. Sorry, you just got to give credit where I see there. It's yeah. beautiful in the morning. Jimmy makes it beautiful in the morning. He's not lying. He's not lying. Yeah. And I think, you know, really, we are trying to, re we spent a lot of time, and I personally spent a lot of time trying to clarify these values and being able to communicate them effectively. And I don't think we've done the best job of that over the last couple of years because I don't think we had a good idea how to deliver that. I don't think we were sure of what that might even look like. Um, and that's like a confusing message. It's a confusing place for me to be in where I'm saying, I know, I know this thing that we've done isn't it. I know some of these decisions we've made are not really in alignment with like what we think the best thing is, but we weren't sure possibly what the best thing may have been at that time. Um, and I think with anyone in any profession, any business person, you grow, you learn things. We learn from our mistakes. Um, we learn from where we've like failed clients in the past by not necessarily making sure we're putting their like fitness, wellness, longevity first. Um, and at this point, we're have better definitions of it. We discuss it all the time, and we're sure that that's going to be at the priority. That's going to be at the forefront of our decision making processes. How we continue to move our clients forward, how we continue with the gym, and we won't do that like. We won't make any decision that's a detriment to those things. You know, I, I don't want to go back on that and say, all right, well, I'm sacrificing this first value for us to do something. I don't want to go home and look myself in the mirror and say, I'm proud of you when I'm doing something like that. You know, it's like a little bit of a weird identity crisis I think we've had. I've certainly had as a fitness professional the last few years. I think. We're coming into alignment with that, and we're delivering a service that's more in line with that at this point. I'm sure Jimmy, we've like talked about this for years, and I think it's been this nebulous thing that we weren't sure of for quite a while. And I think now we're getting closer to that. Yeah, no, for sure. And the thing is, it's one of those situations where, like Carl said, like now I going home and like looking myself in the mirror, knowing that like I've catapulted my clients forward based on what they want and what they need versus like well 
this is what this is what I like to do, so I'm gonna have you go now. Or like we're gonna front squat and your wrists are gonna blow. Oh well that's part of it, you know, first like peeling it back a little bit, working on some mobility or you know, changing the implement a little bit to get the same stimulus, but not put them in pain. You know, so like us furthering our education and getting a better understanding, because like Carl mentioned, we kind of messed, we dropped the ball a little bit in the beginning because we didn't know which way to go, but now we have a better understanding and more education and, you know, making sure that we're putting those clients first and becoming way more client-centric in that sense. Yeah, I think, you know, even use the example of front squatting, like should somebody even be front squatting? Um, that comes up for me is every time I front squat, my like middle back gets real unhappy for a couple of days where I'm sidelined from doing other things I like, like jujitsu, breathing without pain. That's actually a legitimate yeah. concern. Um, and for me personally saying, I don't need to front squat for my life to be better. It actually makes my life not better. It makes my life kind of shitty sometimes. So with my own training, like I don't front squat, I'll do goblet squats, I'll do other things that aren't going to make me feel crappy. And we want to make sure that we're putting all of our clients, whether they're doing one-on-one, doing group in positions that are actually moving them forward, not, Hey, this is the thing that we're supposed to be doing. Cause this is the thing like, no, this is a thing based on your goals, based on your limitations and where you want to be, this is going to help actually help move you forward. Yeah. Yeah, and as I say, like, it's been really interesting too with us having some of those assessments prior because it gives people better understanding. And then they're like, oh, this is why my shoulder hurts when I'm hanging from a bar because mm-hmm. of maybe I had that limitation in my shoulder flexion or abduction. And now we just had to change that grip or maybe open up the lats prior to doing something. So this way they're in a better, a better spot to perform that movement and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, if we piggyback to things we've done over the last few years, it, it's like, at this point, I feel like it's irresponsible for us to have not done that, but oops, but sorry. Now it, now it you just know. seems like weird, like, to yeah, not do it. I would, you know, it. I, I would, yeah, yeah I would say I'd follow up on that from saying, like, I think that assessment that we do, uh, which lasts, what, maybe 10 minutes max, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's given me better results as a coach in the past, like, how long have we been here? Was it six months now? I think it's six months. <laughs> then like the seven <laughs> odd years. Five. Five. Five-ish. Five or six? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen better results as a coach in the past like five or six months, like getting better at assessment um, than I have in like seven or eight years as a, as a trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's funny as you say that, that I think we've been talking so much about like pain and not moving people backwards. And you said actually moving people forwards because I think going through that, taking time to actually meet with clients, understand their goals. Um, we're not using like a scorched earth, earth approach or like a shotgun approach. We're like we're going to try all of the things and some of them yeah. might stick. Um, we have like a smaller scope when we go through an assessment, when we do some strength testing, when we like really meet with the clients so we can say, all right, we have a much more specific idea of what's going to actually move you forward and how we can do that versus guessing or doing something general and saying, ah, this, this should work. Mm-hmm. It might not fuck you up. Hopefully not that bad. That bad. Yeah. <laughs> and before it was, it was guessing, you know, we sometimes often say assess, don't guess. 
And we live by that. We try to make sure all of our clients are getting through that. We're working on getting people through these quarterly check-ins. Um, and all that, again, circles back around and comes down to trying to do what's right for our clients, trying to um, figure out where they're at, where they want to be, and move them forward. 100%. Man. Couldn't have said it better. And, you know, like touching on that, having those data points from those assessments goes so, so far just because we simply can understand maybe that limitation for that movement or maybe the limitations from the day previous, how your body's now responding to what we did the previous day. You know, so that stuff I think has given us so much more clarity and so much more ability to actually catapult you guys forward versus like just doing the thing because that's the thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know when we said it, but at one point, one of us said, we're doing the thing. Cause that's like the thing to do. And, um, me throughout all of my like younger life, I was just like, I'm not going to do the thing that I'm supposed to do. Why the fuck would I do that? Like, that's not a good enough reason for me. And I was doing that for a while. We were telling people to do the thing. And as we've questioned that, as we've learned from it, the thing isn't always, you know, the best prescription for people. It's not the best, me best method to move them forward. So getting a like laser eye view of how we can actually help people move forward and not just giving a general prescription or band-aid has been so helpful. And it really, um, it pays off with the clients that we've been working with and seeing how much progress they've made, how much better they feel. Um, and getting text messages about, you know, I feel like I can do this. I can carry all of my groceries in one hand now. And I used to have to take a cart to the car, you know, little things like that don't seem like a big deal, but when that's a matter of being able to carry your child, your newborn in one hand, or like keep up with those little rascals, that's, that's a pretty big deal. That's a life experience that yeah. we want to make sure people are able to do an experience. hundred percent. So, cool. I think we can kind of cut there and um, eat lunch. All right. Um, before we forget, Ben has a nutrition workshop we're going to do. We're going to do something really fun. We're going to pick a date for this live. <laughs> okay. Right now. So this is, if you're listening, this is us looking at a calendar. <laughs> That's a paper turning. Yeah, it's a Google calendar paper turning. <laughs> All right. I think June 18th is probably a good idea. Isn't it? Oh, All sorry. Right. Wait, hold up, hold up. Is that, which one's Sunday, which one's Saturday? This one is that would be the end one Saturday. Okay, yeah. cool. Sick, right? June eighteenth it is. June eighteenth it is. So we'll do that about ten fifteen, ten thirty after our normal Saturday classes. Yeah, I'm let's say let's say ten fifteen. Ten fifteen. Okay. Um again, putting this guy on the spot. I've done that a lot. Almost <laughs> it almost feels bad, but um I don't want to be right. So here we are. Um we talked about doing something pretty basic, giving people some tangible actionable steps to go home with and say, this is what, these are small things that you can help do to help improve your diet, help improve your nutrition, make you feel better. Um, so sticking with something to basics, maybe basics to eating healthy, something like that. Do you have anything in mind, Ben? Yeah, absolutely guys. So it's going to be like defining what healthy eating means for you and simplifying that process. Uh, we know that something is important to nutrition doesn't need to be overcomplicated. And especially for you guys that, um, a lot of you guys are busy parents, uh, busy at work, 
can be very, very difficult to be able to really take ownership of nutrition. So it's all about simplifying that process and making it actually achievable for you. Beautiful. I should go there. That was pretty good. That's like, I'm going to put you on the spot more often. (laughs) That was very, that was unscripted for me and Jimmy. I don't know if Ben was just had this in his back pocket. That was the one on the loop on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything to say after that. That was amazing. So So you just got to re-say it. You just got to end it there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great weekend or week or day whenever this gets posted. Yeah. Thanks for listening.